Wake Up on Metro FM, weekdays 5 till 9 a.m. Let's also welcome label owner, Mr. Getoraf, and many other things, Lance Sturr, who has been there through the ages, through the thick of it all, and the good times, and even the bad times. Good morning. Good morning. Are you up? Right. Well? <laughs> yes, sorry. Yeah. I, I wasn't falling asleep there. So. <laughs> no, no, I, I hope not. It's so early in the morning, yeah. <laughs> but Lance, you're used to late nights, especially when you look at some of the artists you worked with over the ages. It's like, I mean, you worked with many people who didn't sleep because they're busy in your studios making hits. <laughs> Yeah, and parting. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. And then we've also got Oskido, who is uh, coming to us live from Ghana. Apparently, Saman Debele has kind of blown up out there again. Nice. Remember that song he did with Candy? Yes. So now he's going to go do, I don't know, maybe a remix, fact-finding. I don't know. But he's in Ghana. Oskido, good morning. Uh, can you please unmute yourself, uh, Oskido? It's 2022, Khrotis, man. <laughs> I know, it's on, it's on. You know, there we go. <laughs> it's delayed, man. We are delayed here, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Are you up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm fine, man. I'm honored to be part of uh, this panel, especially when I see Khutmana uh, Muchiko. You know, when I grew up, I wanted to be like him. And here I am today. You know, I'm blessed to be in a panel mm. with him and also uh, Lance, you know, legendary person who's discovered a lot of artists. Absolutely. These are blessings for me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Oskiro. Uh, Chico, I want to bring you in here. I mean, let's talk about the kind of music that you were part of um, during the dark era of apartheid and what that was like to produce songs like that, to be a part of that kind of reality in a space that was really suffocating who we were as black people. Oh, thank you. Uh, you, re you will recall at the time we were not allowed to sing protest songs. Mm. Uh, SABC will ban any songs that uh, will talk about politics, Mandela, mm. Sisulu, you know, like that. So songs like Traveling the Night Vigil, mm. it wouldn't be played. Uh, 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 SABC will definitely just ban that song. Mm. So, but because of our bravery at the time, you recall that Pobra Yuma Sikero Meramakewe, they were in exile mm. uh, for singing protest songs. But uh, the gender of my time, we decided that, you know what, we're going to fight, we're going to use songs to fight for our freedom. Sure. And uh, we did exactly that. I mean, Brenda Fass, I introduced Brenda Fass into protest songs, songs like Good Black Woman, mm. Jail to Jail, Baklagegilo uh, Kam. All those songs that SABC were not playing, we actually made it a point that, you know what, we'd rather go to jail, we're going to make sure that mm. we have songs like this to fight for our freedom. It's interesting you mention that because I know that there were a lot of uh, people who were young back then, for instance, even during apartheid in the 70s and the 80s, whose parents didn't want them to get involved in the struggle. So, you know, for you to jump on in this space, I mean, what was your reality just from that point of view as well? I think the most important thing, uh, you know, we, 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 I, I was trapped in a situation whereby there were young activities, uh, young activities uh, who were actually attacked by, uh, uh, there was a group called uh, Amajek Rola. They were used by the apartheid government. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, these are drop, high school dropouts. They will give them guns mm. to eliminate young political activists. So that actually uh, pushed me, you know, to actually, like, let's fight them with whatever that we have, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, 
music was the only alternative because you know with music when you go to the festivals and all that we make a lot of noise sure you know people listened attentively attentively mm. yeah absolutely um uh, lance i have to bring you in here because if you think about a hip-hop group like prophets of the city i mean that was a group who i'm assuming back then also would have had major issues with say at a south african broadcasting corporation of yesteryear in terms of their sound being played what was your motivation at the time to come out with artists like that in that space and era? Well, I think the, the period we were going through at that point was the objective was to overthrow the government. Mm. Yeah, I think we could have um, been sort of like a bit bipolar, all right, because you, know, you have this vision of getting rid of the government. And through the music, for example, on Age of Truth, uh, there were 16 songs banned. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then even post-elections, um, uh, post hmm. uh, those songs actually still remain banned now. They unbanned a song in 1997, mm -hmm. only when the video won a global award. So, um, yeah, we, we went through all of those struggles with SABC. Mm. And, and the understanding of the music being banned what, what was it about those songs? Even today, you say some of those songs are banned. Yeah, some mm. of those songs are still banned. I think if you look at, if you go into the archives, you will, you'll find that. Um, yeah, sure, there were some cuss words on it. There were some swear words on it, but you could easily bleep that out. Okay. Um, I think that the PSC's role in terms of the youth, right? So just before elections, mm. right, they had covered something like a thousand schools, wow. right, in terms of educating kids, in terms of why the importance was to vote, mm. and also uh, getting the kids to tell their parents why it was important to vote. So wow. um, their, their role in terms of um, the struggle and also just informing the youth and also taking hip-hop and making it I wouldn't say commercial, but just sure. trying to get the message out there. I, I love that because when you look at today, there's still campaigning today. You know, people are campaigning for, uh, uh, you know, political parties and they use artists a lot to convey messages. So in that kind of reality, it must have been a completely different ballgame. You know, was there any element of fear that perhaps, you know, this is um, a terrain that, that is... That is somewhat for you guys. I, I think the, the record company that we distributed through at the time were very reluctant even to take the songs to SABC because they would be connected with it. And there were lots of times when I was hearing that, no, this, this is not going to happen at all. Mm. Um, when we recorded um, Age of Truth, we actually recorded at Bob Studios. Ah. Um, and um, that was also you know, a whole nother session because obviously Mangopi was in charge at the time. Yes, yes. And yes, then yes, there was yes. a line in this, the, uh, the one song, which is African, very African, which said, fuck Mangopi even if we record you. Okay. Wow. And, that, and, and he was never going to like that. Oh, no, no, no. At that point, they'd called in the security police, and it was a, it was a massive thing. You know, I want to bring on Oskiro in this conversation here. Um, Oskiro, with regards to what Lance and, you know, Chico have uh, brought into the conversation, what artists did you sign during the time uh, and contributed richly uh, into that area of 94? I will remember we're coming from an era where, where, where 
kids who were saying that, okay, you know, there's this political thing going on. Mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do was we wanted to create, uh, you know, a dance movement, of which that's when Kwaito was born through, when we're slowing down records, uh, you know, through Chicago House, which we're playing. That time, house music was called International. Mm -hmm. But we started slowing down and then uh, putting our own lyrics. And then from there... Uh, because what happened is that if you can see the way the record label was, uh, uh, I mean, the way record label used to be designed is that all the artists were owned by all these white people because they owned the studios. But yeah. us, because, you know, the technology, we started recording music from the bedroom, uh, I mean, from our own bedrooms, and we started owning our own thing. And this is how Kwaito was born. And we started having, uh, I mean, our first group was B.O.P., Brothers of Peace, me, Christos, and Don Laka. Sure. And then it was an instrumental version. Then after that, uh, we had Boom Shaka. We used to steal uh, Junior from Lance. You know, he said a nice <laughs> And me and Lance, sometime, we, we, that time, we didn't used to see eye to eye. But I'm glad that we can look at back and say, you know, because at times you can go through life, but you know, you have to say, oh, we've been through this. This is part mm. of life. And when I see Brachiko and Lance are sitting together, so it shows what uh, music can do and that we can go in and teach the young ones. And BOP came out. Bushaka came out with Bongo Mafia and the, history, the rest is history. Yeah, because naturally the political situation in the country must have inspired a lot of the music as well. And, and, and we'll touch on that shortly because I, I'm trying to also establish the difference in mindset between music in the 80s and, you know, during Cordesa and then music from 94. Surely there must have been a shift and I want us to touch on this in just a moment. We're broadcasting from the SABC M1 studios as we wake up on Metro FM. We've got Chico Twala, Lance and Oskiro. They're joining us as we talk about the journey of music in the last 28 years. Stay with us. Any questions, tweet us. Hashtag wake up on Metro FM. Wake up on Metro FM. We're broadcasting live from the SABC M1 studios as we take you through a journey of music and the role that music played in uh, our liberation and beyond. That song by uh, the great Chico Twala, as in him being here and obviously referencing just some of the roles that music played back then. I mean, this was a typical example, Chico, of how you had to code messages, right? And, you know, translate those messages through music. Yes. Mm. Uh, look, uh, originally, uh, in fact, the idea of Fumishu Manelo, uh, I actually took it to the shoot. My producer was Artie Van Vick, the owner of the concert, mm. and the late Richard Michel was the engineer. Mm. I went to the studio and said, I have this song, Fumishu Mandela, where mm. are you? And then I started playing the piano, singing the song, and it's just a great, good melody and all that, but unfortunately, we'll have issues with the SABC. And then I uh, said, what are the issues? He said, look, obviously it's going to be banned and all that. Look, my, I didn't give a damn at the time, mm. you know, about uh, Mabun and all that. You because know. the activists in you were saying, yes, Pambili. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I, so now, then uh, uh, Artifan Vick suggested that, you know what, we, let's just try to play around it, have two versions. Mm. Then we had We Miss You Mandela and We had We Miss You Manelo. And what all the concerts, when I, I used to say, we miss you, Mandela. Mm. So we released two versions. The other version was banned, mm. and the, the one that actually was played on SABC was we miss you, Mandela. Mm. And this was obviously in the time when uh, the former president was in prison at the time. Yes, Mandela was sure. in prison, sure. yes. A lot of songs that we did, I, I mean, all political acti uh, 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 activists, Mandela, was, they were 
some were in exile, some were in prison. I mean, when we recorded songs like Jail to Jail mm. uh, with Brenda Farsi, uh, Black Woman, they, they were all in jail. We were actually doing uh, protest songs during that time when they were mm. in prison, yeah. Lance, I want to bring you in here because as somebody who runs a label and understands the music business, you know, you guys have been talking a lot about things you are not allowed to do, you know, political implications. What was it like, you know, having to push music back then? You know, w what were some of the things that you had to consider and what was the space like? You know, um, yeah, it was, it was really difficult in terms of getting radio play. Mm. And also because Props of the City became uncompromising in terms of their stance, mm. okay? So, I mean, for from 1988 until 1996, POC was the only group that I actually worked with, mm. right? Mm. So um, it, was, it was just really difficult, and you had to uh, work on um, just getting tours together and getting to, to the youth. Mm. Uh, what, what was interesting for me in terms of where Props of the City's career went musically mm. when they performed at the inauguration uh, in 1994. Yes, that was big. Yeah, that was, it was massive for yeah. them. And, um, but the, the inauguration obviously was so big, it was a global event, etc. Mm. And uh, we had to capture that feeling, mm. right? And that feeling actually led to the track called Excellent, Pioneer Black President, Never Again. But when you listen to Never Again, and you listen to the message, in terms of what they were actually saying, and especially in the second verse, um, we would be in a completely different place today if the government had actually listened to the second verse. Please please uh, give us a, a sense of what the second verse is about, Lance. You can't leave us hanging here. Well, we must listen to the second verse. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, give us the context. Second, the, the, <laughs> it, it was interesting because the, the viewpoint that POC had, and especially Ready D on the second verse, mm. was that yes, we've come this far, mm. right? But if we don't concentrate on education, books, pens, all of those things that actually matter for the country, mm. right? We're actually going to go nowhere. Mm. And I believe that those words were quite prophetic, mm. right? In terms of how you'd actually put it down. Mm. And I mean, all you have to do is look at that verse and, and juxtapose it with what we're seeing now. And, exactly. and I mean, you can yep. write your own story there. Yep. All right, it's half past eight now. We'll uh, continue with our panel discussion. Chico Twala, Lance, and Oskiro join us. And um, it's interesting that we also talk about the past, but we also have to talk about the future and you know that transitioning to where we go next. And I know Oskiro has a lot to say about that, but all these gentlemen have played a part in that moment and that era of taking us forward. It is 8.13 now. Lindy will do the headlines. Wake up on Metro FM. Metro FM, of course, presenting musical freedom with uh, Metro FM, the journey of music. And what an honor, man. Uh, what you're listening to now is POC, po uh, Prophets of the City, with Never Again. I mean, listening to this, look, I was only three years old uh, when this one <laughs> dropped. <laughs> you know, and I love what Mo was saying, that he remembers uh, the time where, and I remember seeing this in pictures, maybe, not, not in reality, but, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the Peace Dub T-shirt yes. uh, that many were wearing. I'm sure Mo had one by that time, what, you were no, 10? If you were a kid and didn't have that T-shirt, that South Africa, we love you yeah. t-shirt. That yeah. I, there was something wrong. <laughs> you were not part of what was happening in the country then. Sure. It's crazy. You've got names like Ishmael. Yeah, you know, man. Ishmael is part of Prophets of the City. Sure. Ready D, as um, Lance mentioned. Where are the other guys? Shaheen is a professor in Toronto, yeah. right, mm. in Canada. 
Um, Ramon is down in Cape Town and Dee is on Good Hope. And uh, Ishmael is releasing a track in the next couple of days, next week. He He's must be one of the most creative people in the game. To sustain yourself and go through his solo career, Profs the City, Scheme he put together, sure. right? Yeah. Then his solo career, then Jawsy, okay? Because he was like quite a big sure. catalyst in Jawsy. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that um, there's, yeah, he's, he's a legend. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And talking about legends, Oskido, um, I'd like to bring you on to this one. I'd love for you to actually, you know, elaborate on the role of music labels uh, in the channeling the evolution of music during the, the times from 94, 95. Yeah, well, uh, as you know, I mean, we're the youth of that time and we're coming in to say that we want ownership. So therefore, we started uh, recording our music, uh, you know, in the, in, you know, in our own bedroom studios. And it was a new sound. It was actually... And when we did that sound, uh, it was a youth culture. And a lot of people didn't approve of it. You know, a lot of musicians, so-called musicians, they were saying it wasn't music. So therefore, I mean, a double label, you know, always dancing, you know, showing uh, whatever, so, uh, you know, their bumps here. And then people were saying that, no, it, it wasn't. But it was the youth culture of that time. Mm. And mm -hmm. we had come in, and also lyrically, some of the songs were hardcore and vulgar. Uh, I mean, I was on the forefront of it, me and Teve, and I mean, that's how it happened. I remember that, because um, uh, uh, the first Kwaito track which we did, I just came in from Zim, and I'd stayed, then I had, oh, this is when I go and wrote the first song called Makwere, Kwere, 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 and that song became big. It made what Kalawa is. We put it on Pumshaka. It's about time. But we couldn't release those records because when we went to EMI and all these record labels, they say that music wasn't going to work. So sure. we were forced to go to the, uh, to the street and we started selling our music from the put of our cars. Mm. So that's how we started spreading the music. Yeah, mm. I, I want to I bring in uh, Chico and Lance on this one because in essence, now you're moving into a different era. Oskido speaks about the challenges of the messaging or the, the sound or the idea of the music. So yes, the struggle is now done politically speaking. What sort of music then do you put out? You know, uh, because now Mandela is free. Yeah, he's president. So what now as Chico, as an artist and what then did the role of music play in still, you know, taking our country forward? Well, uh, you know, with the scourge of corruption that we're experiencing in our country now, definitely I would encourage musicians and everyone mm. to actually come up with songs that will really make sure that our government, uh, politicians, actually get the message like the apartheid government got. Mm. Because really, we're not enjoying our freedom. Mm. Uh, we have our freedom, yes, but corruption is really actually taking away everything that we fought for. I'm not happy, to be honest with you. Mm. I will encourage young musicians now to come out very strong, you know? Mm. Uh, meaningful songs making sure that they come up with songs that have strong messages mm. against corruption. Yeah, the, the, the fear, and, and I'm just sort of speaking generically here, that some might say, well, if I make songs like that, then it might affect my pockets as an artist. It limits my access to opportunity. 
What's your comment on that? Because being critical of a government, it doesn't matter where on the world, does have its downsides. So then what do you say to artists around that issue as well? Uh, I understand, obviously, uh, most of them, I think they're scared to do that. Uh, people will think that, you know, uh, the government runs metro, runs all that. Things are different now. You know, we are South Africans, uh, metros, uh, it's no longer like the apartheid government. I think uh, the people that work in radio stations and all that, they have conscience as well. They are affected with, uh, with the corruption that is taking. It's killing our country. Mm. I mean, a lot of people are actually moving away from South Africa. We have professors, uh, I mean, people will be, they, a mm. lot of, you know that, and we don't want that. Mm. Now, I will end up now not singing AKP and CIA Europe and all that, our kids going there, to try, you know, searching for greener pastures there. Yeah, we yeah. don't want that. We have a beautiful country. I think mm. we need to protect our country. Right, so more messages uh, in the music currently around all the things that are going wrong. Lance, I want to bring you in here. Maybe give us an example. I mean, you've, you've had many artists in your stable. Who are those artists that you would say were even groups were part of a, uh, a new messaging? And what was the message about post-94? Um, mm. I think... You know, after, after 1994, um, we had a problem. We had a very big commercial problem in terms of surviving, mm. okay? Mm. And uh, because nobody wanted to actually hear anything about politics, mm. and nobody wanted to be preached to, and at that point, hip-hop was like, POC were in the forefront of hip-hop in 1994. Mm. So what we did, and actually Ishmael was the one that forced the issue, mm. right? Ishmael actually started Scheme, okay? Right. And reluctantly, right, we actually had to um, join in the Kwaito movement, which we didn't see as contributing anything politically and, and contributing anything educational, as Oskido said. So what yeah. was your impression of Kwaito, just to interject there? At that point. Yeah, we, did you think it was going to last forever? No, or? we <laughs> no. obviously the, the country was in a celebratory mood, yeah. right? Yeah. So everybody was like, yeah, the party's going down. The problem is the party hasn't stopped, okay? And that party has is continuing nine, even 2022. Mm. And it's been very difficult for, I think, even for the public to actually find musical roots that can actually help the country. Mm. Instead, we are partying every weekend. And yeah, I'm also to blame in terms of some of the artists that we've released from, whether it be Spy Course or Sister Bettina, okay? Mm. Um, yeah. and, but in between that, we've managed to support um, artists who have got messages, mm. okay? Um, I'm very excited on the next two, three years in terms of some of the artists that are coming out. Talking about excitement, Lance Ibiri. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think for me, most especially sitting here amongst uh, the legends in front of us and that you're listening to now, um, moving into a space of Metro FM, uh, I want to also just get a point where, as a record label, uh, some of the highlights that Metro FM has brought for you and the artists uh, throughout the years? Um, I think the, one of the best highlights that Metro continuously gave us every year was the Metro Awards, okay? Um, I think it stopped. 
Right, I'm joking. No, I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> a hiatus. <All> right. <laughs> Only to return. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, and Metro, uh, just in their, cel- their celebration of uh, tracks that have been huge, etc., has uh, that has been great. That has been, and also I think the first time, you know, the first time any artist that I work with gets played on Metro, like they are jumping up and down. Mm. They're like, yes, you know, and Metro is that sort of benchmark, mm. right, in yeah. terms of in, in uh, artists' careers. Mm. Uh, Chico, let's talk about Afropop, because I think many would say that you were probably at the forefront of that sound, and look at what it's done today. And when we talk about, you know, genres, I mean, what is your impression of where it is now and the sort of role that it has played in, in, in this journey of music through time, whether it's uh, through the new dem- democratic situation or, w- or how the country has shaped up to this day? Well, uh, I think Afropop uh, will be around for many years to come. Hmm. Uh, you know, I remember when uh, uh, Brenda Fass in 1997, uh, when Brenda was down and out, and then uh, I was in Hillbro, and then uh, I found her in the streets there, and uh, uh, myself and Tokyo Sikwale, uh, it was a prima then, we took her to a rehab. Yes, when of she, Houting, ne? Yeah, yes, when she yes, came yes. back, and I said, let's bring back a different sound now. Hmm. You know, and uh, we stick to the Afropop, like we said, uh, we came up with Budinje, Lavaklagilukam, and all that. And at that time, that sound was not there. It was there before, you know? But music is like this. If you listen to my piano now, it's yeah. still uh, yeah. quiet sure. sound. Recycled, re- yeah. You know, the sound is the same. Yeah. So uh, our music, it's, it's, it's just it's some kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's a circle, yeah. you understand? So we came with Budindela. And uh, Budindela, what he bought, I mean, Oskido said, we brought the Boma Figuizolo and all those, you know. So that sound, you know, uh, uh, I, I believe that, you know, our sound is very unique. Mm. You know, it, it never dies. Uh, so it will always be there forever. Sure. Um, we'll take a quick break um, and we'll pick up on that point, uh, Chico, about, you know, uh, sort of the, the inspiration, you know, that current artists are getting from music that has gone by and, and how that's gone down. Yeah, we are celebrating a musical journey with three icons, Chico Twala, Lance, and Oskiro, as uh, we broadcast live from the M1 studios here at the SABC. And by the way, this will be uh, continuing throughout the entire day. So keep it locked, and uh, we'll be bringing you more great discussions on this uh, Freedom Day. Happy Freedom Day. Metro FM, it's where you're at. Wake up on Metro. And today we're broadcasting from the SABC One M1 studios. We appreciate everybody that's joined us this morning. Thank you so much for coming through. Some of our listeners are in the house as well. And uh, I suppose they're here to get nuggets from the greats, Chico Twala, Lanster, and Oskido, as we talk about the music journey in the last 28 years and how that has played its role in freedom and also played its role in bringing us to freedom one way or the other. So much has been spoken about, um, the role of music, the yep. messaging, you know, record labels, etc. Mm. But just moving into the future, Oskido, um, how do we handle this Mzabalazo, Khrotis? Because, you know, I, I think from a, from a music point of view, you've seen it all. Um, the kind of artists that Kalawa has put out have in many ways changed the game, almost become a blueprint for, for many artists that have come into the game. So what would you say um, is the way in taking you know, music forward, and what role still can music play in building our country? Yeah, for me, I always uh, 
use the term that I look at it as a relay, right? If you mm. can see the birth of Kwaito Kem were inspired by uh, Abu Prachiko, Abu Prahot Sticks, you know, it's dance music, right? Then we created the youth culture of that time in 1994, created Kwaito. Uh, but the good thing is that Kwaito created ownership. We started owning mm. our masters, right? Mm. If you can see, all the guys who started doing Kwaito, Arthur Tukunayin is got his own, do is got his own thing, mm. but we mm. all own. So therefore, no one was telling us what to do. But to fast forward, we started creating all this thing. And then from there, we started, uh, you know, the Kwaito started being uh, changing. Because when we started Kwaito, it was one way. You know, save is the more any other cause, on do say, it becomes a song. TKZ came in, they put the verse, Nabomandos, and all that. You see, we had growth on that. And then after that, we decided the song which you just played that with BOP, we said, no, Kwaito is too slow, went up and went up tempo. But from that up tempo, we started guys like Abotira coming on the game, Bokli, Black Coffee, and mm. all that stuff. Do you understand? And then, if you can look at fast forward now, the tempo has gone back to where Kwaito started originally. It's now called Amapiano. Do you understand? Mm. So, therefore, you can see where it's going. And if you can look at all these Mapiano kids, the ownership, they own their masters. And if you can look at, I mean, it's the biggest worldwide trend, you know, all over the world. So, therefore, I look at it as a relay and we keep going as long as we can see the youth culture, they call it something else. Remember, I can say bubblegum, you know, was quite, you mm -hmm. understand? Mm -hmm. And from there, we keep calling it different names uh, uh, within generations. And for me, I think what's important is for us to look at music as a business. You understand? Sure. And, and, and then from there, we start knowing and say, where mm. do we go? Because mm. a lot of artists, mm. they suffer because they don't understand the music industry. Their money gets taken. They don't know how their royalties are going. They mm. don't know what's the meaning of nickel time. So we're losing a lot of money. But what we need to do is to educate and look at music as a business. Yeah, Lance, I have to bring you in there because you know all about that. You know the, about the business of music and that it's not just about fun times and upsetting Mangope. It's, it's more than that, isn't it? Uh, what, what would you say to, to current artists now in that space in terms of their mindset and how to approach this game, really? Um, I think that all the tools are there, right? I mean, all the tools. If you can't, if you don't know anything, you just Google, right? Mm. And, and you, you learn what's actually happening out there on the net. And it's not difficult for artists to release their own material today. It's not difficult for artists to own their own stuff. And if they are really serious about um, their career, they will, they will go, go that way. Mm. And um, I think if people need assistance, there, there is assistance. But which what Oskido said earlier, education is the most crucial part of it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Chico, I'm sure you want to add a point to just this, this closing discussion around you know, how to play the game. And also, let's consider something, that some artists are great on the field, but are not great in the office. Can you also just maybe yeah, give us your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, because some of the young artists that came to me, I mean, they just released songs without register registering with Sambro, mm. in, uh, Sampra, and all the uh, administrators of our music. And mm. uh, I mean, they just do it for fun. And uh, I think it's important for them that, uh, it's important that we actually, they get education uh, because this is it, uh, this is their future. Because some of them take it as a career, and when uh, we don't want to see them now after five, ten years now regretting, uh, it's very important for them. Like Eskido uh, sure. uh, mentioned, that you know education is key, 
for our artists. They mustn't just release songs on iTunes and all that without actually uh, consulting experts in the industry to assist them how to run the music business. And there's a benefit to that because you can all sit here now and still benefit from a song you did 20 years ago, exactly, right? Exactly. I mean, I'm surviving from my old music. I mean, uh, hmm. my, mu my music is used for... Uh, soundtracks for international movies and all that. I mean, we get royalties from it. So it's important for them to actually to secure themselves for the future. Yes, secure the bag, but do it um, in the office first. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, we want to say thank you very much for joining us. We are out of time. Um, as I said in the beginning of this conversation, Kuto, that an hour is not enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but to you, Chico, to you, Lance Nosquito, we appreciate your time so much. And thank you for just giving us your nuggets in terms of where we come from and where we need to go next. We appreciate it. Thank you so, Thank much. You so much. Thank, Thank you. you for your Brilliant stuff. All right. Uh, like we said earlier, more of this will continue throughout the, the day right here on Metro FM. So keep listening. I see Dineo Ranaka is already on standby. Looking beautiful. Yeah. You might as well come on stage and own the stage, Dineo, <laughs> man. Huh? What, 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 is, what, what do they say in SBC2? The stage is it's yours. yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's coming through the Morning. Bridge. Are you well? Morning, Dineo. I'm absolutely fantastic. Look at these gentlemen. Yeah, hey. Don't, hey. don't be hustling a record deal now just because they're here. Can I tell you something? I get memories all the way back from my, I think my early 20s. Yeah. Particularly looking in the direction of Lanster. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's in absolutely incredible. Lance, did you almost sign Dino? Eh? No. No. <laughs> no, what happened was that we used to um, provide a shelter for Dineo. <laughs> yes, they provided a musical shelter for me. I was always camping there by Ghetto Rough for some reason or the other. It was fun times. It is fun times. Lovely stuff. All right, the bridge is coming up next. We're out of here. Thank you so much to the team. Teledi. I found Benny with some flavor till tomorrow. This was amazing. Thank you very much. Wake up on Metro FM. Weekdays, 5 till 9 a.m.